of our programs. Now, there's nothing more foundation to an equitable society than getting our kids safely back into the classrooms. Remote learning, it's exacerbated the gaps we've all been working so hard to close. Our kids are, are missing too many rites of passage, field trips and proms and graduations, teachers pulling triple duty as counselors, curriculum Ladies developers, tech specialists, parents Will, desperate for reopening so dates. Jen and I, we, we live this as parents of son. four young children, helping them cope with the fatigue of, of the week. what my youngest son and calls I have Zoom the school. For you today. The loneliness of, of missing their friends, the frustrated emotions, they don't even yet fully understand. My thing today is, my big thing today is Governor Gavin Newsom of California. Now, he did his State of the State address on March 9th. And of course, you know, have you, have you, you know, have you guys listened to that? You probably haven't, and that's okay because I sat here through a 44-minute video and listened to his speech, and it was, it was cringe, and it was hard to hear. So, I, you know, I, I've been talking a lot the last couple of videos. You just, all you've been hearing is my voice, and I know you guys love those sound bites. So I got about eight or nine sound bites for you today, maybe ten or eleven, depending on how far we get. But yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get into. The state of the state addressed by Governor Gavin Newsom. I'm going to go ahead and play you the clips and then I'm going to give you my feedback. I'm going to give you the common sense on what he's been saying. Now, the first thing I want you guys to notice, first thing I want you folks to notice when you, if you watch this video or if you want to go back to YouTube and watch his state of the state address, one thing I want you to notice is that I want you to notice that how all these people come up to the podium and then take their masks off to show us that they are full of virtue. And they're doing everything they're supposed to do. They don't take it off as they walk up. They take it off when they get there. So they get there, look into the camera, look into your eyes. Oh, and then they take it off. Oh, such prudence. Oh, oh, man. Oh, you know, Gavin Newsom was doing this, uh, this state of the state address in Dodger Stadium. And he was alone in the stadium. And he came up, looked into the camera. And then took his mask off. So I'm going to actually have to ask you, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, put your mask back on in your house by yourself. Get in the shower and wear a mask there when you hear this podcast. So this is episode 16, so you got to wear 16 masks. So go ahead and go to the store and, and buy those. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Governor Gal Gavin Newsom saying in his speech, California is never going back to normal because it caused iniquity. Now let, let me go ahead and play that clip for you. We're not gonna come crawling back. We will roar back. You know, when this pandemic ends, and it will end soon, we're not gonna go back to normal. Because I think we all agree, normal was never good enough. You know, normal accepts inequity. That's why Latinos are dying from COVID at a higher rate than any other racial or ethnic group. And while essential workers' wages aren't enough for them to afford the essentials, and why mothers, mothers have been leaving the world so yeah, it, apparently it causes uh, inequity here. So to any of my Hispanic listeners out there, uh, apparently you folks are being affected by COVID-19 more than any other race of people because obviously the COVID-19 virus is race and it discriminates based on race. Obviously, that's the case there. Now, a lot of people get inequality and iniquity Inequity, excuse me, not iniquity. <laughs> inequity, they get that mixed up. So what is inequity? 
Inequity is a lack of fairness. But you know what isn't fair? Locking citizens down so they can't work, giving them $600, putting their kids to sleep on Zoom e-learning, and then politicians like Gavin Newsom going out to dinner for $350 a plate. Who do you know who's going out to dinner for $350 a plate? I, I, I'd like to know. So yeah, normal was never good enough here. So because it caused inequity and it was killing the Hispanic folks at a higher rate because of the COVID-19. So where's the data for that? You know, I'd like to know where's the data for that? You know, can't find it. Now, our next subject here uh, with the governor's state of the state, this clown goes on to talk about how California has a surplus. Now, of course, I have a soundbite. Let's go ahead and listen to that. In education this year, because by planning ahead and through prudent fiscal management, California benefits this year from surpluses, not deficits, record reserves, not cuts. You know, we started this year with a $15 billion surplus, and since then, our revenues have grown even stronger, allowing us to provide for a down payment on building our brighter future. Look, the bill now, there's the audio soundbite for that, but I have a question for the governor about California having a surplus. Here's my question. You ready? It says, here's my question. How can California have a surplus of money if the entire country is in debt over $25 trillion. That don't make no sense. Now, I have something called the United States debt clock pulled up on my computer. And you can actually, you can look at it too. It's called usdebtclock.org. So you can go there and you can look at different countries and you can look at individual states. So let's go ahead and Look at California. The, the clock is going up, so I'm not going to read the entire number because the clock is the numbers are going up and up and up. So let me go ahead and uh, read off what I see to you. Now, on us usdebtclock.org, here's what I see when I go to the state debt clocks and I go to California. So California's population: 39 million, 942 thousand. About six million unemployed. About 4.2 million food stamp recipients. Now. So the governor said we started with a surplus, right? So let me read to you the debt of this state here. It says $574,416,995,000. And it's going up. And here's the spending number. So I just read you the debt. Here's our spending. $665,000,000. $461,600,000. Here's our in-state revenue compared to that spending number I just gave you. $612,730,180,000 some odd dollars. Debt per citizen, $14,449. Now, <laughs> does that sound like a surplus to you? Come on, folks. I know some of you, some folks here, we've got some folks here that if somebody has a D by their name, you will believe whatever they say. Some folks, if some folks here will believe whatever somebody says if they have an R in front of the name. Because D, in my book, D stands for dumb and R stands for ridiculous. Okay, the Republicans are ridiculous and the Democrats are pretty dumb. Okay, <laughs> and none, neither party is very smart at that. So, 
there you there you have it about the debt. So apparently we had a surplus, but we we've been spending six hundred billion dollars. Okay, you know, okay, okay, Gavin Newsom, okay. But the next one is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard ever heard in my life. And I and I've heard stupid things. Trust me. I mean, I, I, trust me. I've heard stupid things in my life. I work with the general public. I've heard the stupidest things you can even hear. But Governor Gavin Newsom manages to take the cake on that. He talks about how they use science in their lockdown policies and things like that, and they listen to Dr. Fauci. Let's go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and play that soundbite for you. Here you go. The sacrifices that it would require, but we made sure that science, not politics, drove our decisions. And as experts like Dr. Fauci said, it was the right thing to do. People are alive today because of the public health decisions we. So people are alive today because of the public health decisions we made. So. So where, but my, my question here is, where is the science that says that lockdowns would have prevented more deaths? Because from some of the things I hear, people are sad, depressed, lonely, and drug addicted. So let's go ahead and talk about the arbiter of truth, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, this is the timeline of the things that Anthony, Anthony Fauci was saying. And this is some of the stuff that you folks were eating up. Here we go. March 8th, 2020. Fauci advises Americans against using face masks. April of 2020. The CDC says they recommend face masks for COVID. May of 2020, Fauci in, a, in the New Jersey Journal of Medicine says that the masks are little more than symbolism. So the masks are only symbolism. January 5th, 2021, Anthony Fauci recommends that Americans wear two masks. Two masks. My question is, why don't we just stop breathing? Why don't, just, why don't we all just go around and tie bags over our heads? Seems like it would work to me. So the problem is breathing, apparently. The problem is breathing, all right? January 31st, 2021, very recent. Dr. Fauci backtracks on wearing multiple masks. Saying, oh, you don't need to wear multiple masks. February 9th of 2021, the CDC recommends wearing multiple masks. And you folks listen to these clowns. Like, I've seen things that people say, oh, we can't hang out until the CDC says it's okay. What? That's, that's dumb. If you believe that, you're a, you're a sycophant, okay? That is stupid. Live your life. Get out of the corner. Get off the bench and get into the game. That, that, is, that is room temperature IQ stuff. That's a 72 IQ stuff. You're going to listen to the government? Folks, get on my nerves with that. It's like, oh, I'm just going to believe everything the government tells me. What? Come on, folks. But the people who listen to this podcast are a lot smarter than that. You're a lot smarter than that. You're smarter than the politicians that you listen to. You're smarter than Gavin Newsom. All of you listen to this, you're smarter than Gavin Newsom, and I love you. So let's move on. So here's one of the sound bites that really set me off when I was watching it. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm really a lot tamer than I was, because I, I was listening to this stuff at like 7.30 at night, you know, on my break at work, and I'm a lot tamer than I was, because I was kind of, I was in my I was in my work car, and I was like screaming, I was like, you know, what what's going on, these people are clowns, so Gavin Newsom says that they fight for people who were taken out of the workplace, let's go ahead and uh, play that clip, here's another one. And for the millions of Californians pushed out of the workplace, 
pushed out the workforce and those essential workers with no choice but to keep showing up, you are the ones we fight for because your future and our brighter future depends on it. We continue to work, continue to work every single day to safely reopen our economy. So you hear that? You, you are the one that Gavin Newsom fights for. You are the one that I fight for. You know how he fights for you? He fights for you by putting your kids to sleep on Zoom while his kids go to private school five days a week in person. He's six hundred dollars, so you so he can go out to dinner with the California Medical Association for three dollars a plate without wearing a mask, and not even six feet apart from people. Such a great governor, don't you think, folks? I mean, I, I, I might be missing something here. This man is obviously a hero. He's obviously came and saved the day. He's our savior. Everything is okay, ladies and gentlemen, because the governor of California is here to make sure you don't go to work, give you 600 bucks, and put your kids to sleep. Yeah, nap time, folks, nap time. So, and then this clown goes off and talks about how California is a great place to do business. Let's go ahead and play that clip. No better place to do business. California is where garages are the launch pads for world-changing industries. And anyone, anyone with the telltale tenacity of a small business owner can create their own California dream. But <sighs> the California dream. You know what I think about when I hear about the California dream? I think about Uber and Lyft planning on leaving California if the government, uh, because the government was going to strip workers of contractor status and force Uber and Lyft to pay uh, for healthcare benefits. It's like, why is the government interfering in a private business? These people who work for Uber and Lyft, they are private contractors. They get to work when they want. It's freedom. So why was the government of California trying to get rid of that? Obviously, you know, I always rank on people from California. I rag on folks from California because folks from California, this is what Nancy Pelosi said about folks from California. Nancy Pelosi said that, I actually agree with this. Me and Nancy agree. Me and Nancy agree. She said that you could put a glass of water with a D on it and it would win an election in California. And I, I, <laughs> I really believe that. I was, I was bragging on people from California so bad for years, so bad. But I'll, I'll admit, folks from California, you, they, they shut me up. In the, in the 2020 election, they, they really shut me up because they voted against uh, stripping contractors of their contractor status. They, they they shut me up. So I was like, I was proud. I was like, hmm, okay. So California being a great place to do business, is, is, is that why Elon Musk is moving Tesla out of California? Because California is a great place to do business and the taxes are high? Is that a great place? <laughs> you know, the best place to do business, California, where you get stopped from earning a living or fined for trying to, to do so? So that they can give you 600 bucks, put your kids to sleep, and go out for 350 a plate on your tax dollars. Great place to do business where you can't do business. California, the best place to do business where you're not allowed to do business. How about it? <laughs> and the clownery and the foolery <laughs> continues. Let's uh, play this next clip by your favorite governor in America.
And that's why we're providing the largest small business grant program in the nation, $2.6 billion, up to $25,000 for small businesses and nonprofits impacted by the pandemic. And behind these grants... So, increased grants for small businesses. I know it may sound great at first, but what did I tell you guys in episode 13 about the printing of this money? And I read to you couple minutes ago about the, the the California debt clock so where are we getting this money from if we're in debt where are we getting this money from you know on a side note here Venezuela actually because Venezuela the currency in Venezuela is called Bolivars it's spelled B-O-L-I-V-A-R-S and uh, they're Venezuela, Venezuela printed a new one million dollar Bolivar one million dollars pretty much in their currency pretty much a million dollars do you know how much that currency is worth in american dollars do you want to know i'm gonna tell you that one million dollar bolivar in venezuela remember venezuela is the place where they have to weigh their money instead of counting it because it's so worthless because they kept printing more just like we're doing here in america the one million dollar Bolivar in, a, in in Venezuela, a million Venezuelan dollars gets you fifty three cents in America, two quarters and three pennies. Two quarters, three pennies. Now, I can go, I can go find a sixteen year old and ask him or her if they have fifty three cents, and I, they can give you fifty three cents, so they can go get a million dollars in Venezuela. Oh yeah, fifty three cents. Absolutely beautiful stuff. Don't you love it? Printing mass, printing more money. Don't you love it? Your money's worthless. Don't you love it? Buy Bitcoin. Anyways, this next clip was one of the most egregious things I have heard all video. 45 minute video. This is uh, one of the most egregious things. I hate it when rich people and politicians try to act like they're one of us. Like... Ellen DeGeneres, when this first COVID, when the COVID lockdown first started, Ellen DeGeneres and all these other celebrities were posting videos and posting pictures like, oh, I'm so in lockdown and things like that. I'm so sad. Here's the thing. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if you're in lockdown. You have $80 million or things like that. You have a castle. You live in a castle. Go play golf in your indoor golf course. Go watch movies in your indoor movie theater. Go sit in your... 100 foot square foot pool, okay, or your 100 square foot jacuzzi. Go play racquetball or basketball inside your house, okay? You, you people have castles. Nobody cares. And here's a clip of Gavin Newsom trying to relate to you and me after putting your kids to sleep and going out for 300 plate. All of our programs. Now, there's nothing more foundational to an equitable society than getting our kids safely back into the classrooms. Remote learning, it's exacerbated the gaps we've all been working so hard to close. Our kids are, are missing too many rites of passage, field trips and proms and graduations, teachers pulling triple duty as counselors, curriculum developers, tech specialists, parents desperate for reopening dates. Look, Jen and I, we, we, we live this as parents of, of four young children, helping them cope with the fatigue of what my youngest son calls Zoom school. 
the loneliness of, of missing their friends, frustrated emotions they don't even yet fully understand. You really think that the governors live in this? You really think that politicians like that are just going to allow their kids to sit there and not go to school? He would never let his kids go to school with your kids. To him, your kids are peasants, and his aren't. You know, that's just ridiculous. You know, this is your governor here. This is the guy that folks elected. And the funny part is that I can't find anybody who actually likes, likes this guy. Hmm. But I gotta tell you, I was talking to two children recently. Two children. It was a young man and his sister. The young man is 15 years old. His younger sister is 11 years old. So young, young, two little kids. They're cute little kids. They're cute. Now, they told me that, well, the 15-year-old, because the 11-year-old, she's in the fifth grade, but the 15-year-old, he's a freshman in high school. He told me that they have to do PE, physical education, PE, over a Zoom call. Is this not ridiculous schools need to open and god bless those teachers who actually want to work and deal with these bad little kids that you folks send to them every day bad little kids okay that's a bad little kids okay and those teachers are willing to do that every day take care of your bad little kids every day for eight eight nine hours a day god bless those teachers god bless the ones who actually want to work the ones who don't want to work you shouldn't get paid if you don't work. My, that's my opinion. You don't work, shouldn't get paid. Now, let's uh, move on. Gavin Newsom said, California raised the minimum wage to $14 an hour. And it, it'll soon get to $15 an hour. Now, I'm going to be straight up honest with you folks. You don't need $14 an hour to flip burgers at McDonald's or make Starbucks coffee. You don't need $14 an hour to do that. I used to work at a restaurant. Uh, I quit that restaurant in, it was about May of 2018, and I was flipping chicken on a grill, and I was making $10.65 per hour when I first started. That's not a lot of money, but, you know, and I, I didn't expect to make a lot of money, because the thing is that a job like that, you don't contribute much to society. You don't. You don't contribute that much. You're just flipping chicken or you're just like I was. Or you're flipping a burger at McDonald's or you're you're whipping up coffee, okay? Granted, I don't even go to Starbucks because I don't know all these names. Frappe, Mocha, I don't know. I don't get it. The only reason I go to Starbucks is because I know some gentlemen who have the job that I want to work next. And I go out to uh, Starbucks with those gentlemen. And uh, we have a good time. So here's the thing about the minimum wage. Sometimes you have people, you may have seen driving around your city, people who have those stickers that say, double the minimum wage, double the minimum wage, double the minimum wage. Well, here's the reality about that. So let's, let's take a hypothetical situation. Say that 10 of you listeners here work for me. And say I have the budget to pay you out. You know, I have about $1,000 a day I can pay to my workers. So... Let's say that I have $1,000 and I have 10 employees and the minimum wage is $100 per hour. Then the minimum wage goes up to $250 per hour, but I only have $1,000. I would only be able to pay 10 people $40 per hour. So what do I need to do? 
I need to fire people until I can play until I can pay the employees I have left 250 an hour. I would only have four employees left. Now, the double the minimum wage stickers you see on people's cars sometimes, those people have never have probably never taken a math class or even pulled out a calculator. They're just saying stuff because it sounds good. Double the minimum wage. Yeah, we would all like our money doubled. Anyways, <laughs> Another thing, Gavin Newsom said that we're also going to make community college free for two years. I had a question for you, listener. I had a question for you. Who's going to pay for that? And don't you dare tell me that the government is going to pay for it. See, you know, I hate that. Sometimes when I say, okay, this is gonna, this service is going to be free. There's health care for all, but who's going to pay for the health care? And they give me the, the dumbest answer you can ever give me, and I will rip you for it. The dumbest answer you can say. Is the government's going to pay for it? Don't be stupid. Where does the government get money from? The government gets money from taxes. And guess who pays taxes? You. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Because the government doesn't have money. The government doesn't have money. That's why the government had to borrow money from the central bank. But that is... That is episode 13. Go listen to episode 13 if you want to hear all about that. Now, our next thing here is that there's eviction control. The governor, uh, they did, you know, California did the eviction control and things like that. So let's go ahead and play the soundbite so I can go ahead and and, uh, rip on the governor for that one. So here we go. Poverty, unless we account for the biggest pressure most families face. That's the issue of housing, in particular housing stability. And so we crafted the the strongest eviction controls in the nation, protecting millions of renters from losing their homes in the midst of this pandemic, and provided a framework for billions and billions of dollars in rental support for struggling landlords, all while remaining laser-focused on the most severe part of the housing crisis, homelessness. You know, this is a crisis predating the pandemic. In response, In response, we have developed brand new solutions, including two programs promoted by the Biden administration as a model to the other 49 states. Project Roomkey was launched in April, and it's provided over 35,000 homeless Californians with a safe shelter from COVID. And Homekey, that was launched just in July, that's created more than 6,000 new permanent housing units during this pandemic. So that's uh, two and one there. So first we're going to talk about, okay, so the, for the eviction control part, because we're going to talk about room key and home key in a second. For the eviction control part, here, there's a problem. How will the property owners pay for the mortgage of that land if nobody's paying rent? Yes, I know there was money sent to the landlords, but again, we are printing absurd amounts of money, which inflates the dollar, decreases purchasing power, and it makes it worthless so folks can't even cover the cost of that mortgage anyway. You're just literally giving them toilet paper. Come on. Now, for the Room Key and Home Key project, now, I will give the man his props for that. Okay, Room Key, Home Key, the thing is that, will it last? Okay, they said that, I think, during the uh, State of the State, he said something like how they housed 36,000 homeless folks. Uh, I cannot confirm or deny because politicians blow hot air all the time. And here's one thing about the homeless situation. 
One out of every four homeless people in America live in California. That's because California encourages homelessness. A lot of the homeless don't even want to be housed because then they would have to obey rules. So if you give them a house, they have to obey your rules because these are the rules here if you want to stay here. You know, that's just like anywhere. If you move in with your friend or something, those are rules of the house that you have to follow if you want to stay there. And here's 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 a here's something here's something for me as a citizen who drives around my city all day every day. And what I've seen, the homeless can do whatever they want to do in California. They can assault people. They can generate absolute filth with disgusting rats on the streets. They can sleep on the sidewalk and they can park for free anywhere. And they don't even have to wear masks. They just generate, it's just disgusting, just a, like a landfill. Everywhere they go, it's just like a landfill. It's disgusting. If me or you went over there and littered, we'd be fined for littering or get a ticket from the police for littering. But these people just, just generate absolute filth. And what does the city do? What does the state do? They pay people to go to sanitize it and take it and throw it away. These people can do whatever they want. And I'm sick of it. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of it. Here in Sacramento, in the middle of the city, there is a uh, garage in, called City Hall Garage. It's on 10th and I. 10th Street and I, like Ida. 10th and I in, in, in Sacramento. It's right in downtown. And when I'm going around at work, there are citizens sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm going on a walk at work. I'm doing my thing. I'm working. And some citizens will sometimes come up to me and say, you know, citizens like to make conversation with people in uniform. So I'm there in uniform. And, you know, people are making conversation with me and everything. And they're saying, wow, the homeless is really disgusting. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, it really is. These are, uh, this is what people want. Because it's in plain view of the working class. The working class, they can go right to 10th and I. It's a place called Chavez Park. It's disgusting. At On the 900 block of 9th, it's disgusting. They're just hanging out there in front of City Hall after 6 o'clock. At 915H Henry, 915H Street in Sacramento. It's disgusting. Go there after 10 o'clock. You'll see bigger tents than you've ever pitched in your life. Okay? They have bigger You Some of you folks go camping. But them folks in front of the city hall, they camp like you've never camped before. You haven't camped like these folks, okay? These folks have bigger tents than you've ever even thought about buying. I guess I think one day I'm gonna take a picture of <laughs> I'm gonna take a picture of one of these tents and put it on and put it on Snapchat. If you're if you have me on Snapchat, I, I'm gonna show you. You know, I, I'm gonna show you a picture of these tents. You know, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So, but I can't. I will give the governor credit in this uh, state of the state address for talking about how. The tent cities are acceptable. So I'll go ahead and play that uh, soundbite for you folks real quick, and then I'm going to go ahead and uh, do my outro and end it. So here is the governor talking about the tent the tent cities, and I would actually agree. I would say thank you, Mr. Governor. You're a clown, but thank you. The history of our state, literally rewriting the book on how to tackle homelessness. And while we acted swiftly during this pandemic, we are mindful. None of us are, my, are you know, none of us are naive. We are mindful that these tent cities on our sidewalks, these encampments along our freeways, they simply remain unacceptable. And so our challenge moving forward is crystal clear to continue our immediate progress while focusing on our longer term goals. By the way, you know how you stop the homeless from camping out everywhere? You pass a camping 
ordinance. I remember in Sacramento, they passed a camping ordinance and the homeless advocate groups, they were out there screaming like a bunch of, like a bunch of bats. They're out there screaming. You know, these are the same, these are the people who live in the higher end parts of the city and they will only go downtown for work or something like that or they'll go down there to eat or something and then they scream about something that is a problem that they don't have to deal with. Now, I'm sure if those homeless folks went into their parts of the city, they would be screaming and emailing the mayor and the, you know, because city, in Sacramento, the city council is pathetic. They're pathetic. If you just scream, if enough people scream about something, they will change course. They're weak. They have no backbone, no spine. So that's pretty much it for this video. That's it for our segment, uh, last segment of the week. You folks have a great one, great uh, evening. Have a wonderful afternoon. Have a great day at work, school, wherever you're doing. Um, I love you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be alive, and I'm thankful that God sent his son. God bless, folks. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you back here on Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week.